This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is January 21st, 2020. This is a training camp scrimmage, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. Today we come to you from TDECU Stadium, where we just witnessed the Dragons of Seattle and the Defenders of D.C. go at it in a live scrimmage. This is episode 106, Dress Rehearsals. I'm, I'm dressed nicer for a show than I've ever been dressed before, Brian. You're not dressed for the weather, though, Alan. I'll no. tell you that much. So it's, cold. It is very cold out here in Houston. But the stadium seems to be heating up quite a bit. Uh, we just had our first uh, scrimmage between the Dragons and the Defenders, like you just mentioned. So we're going to recap that uh, here today. But, man, it's been great here, out here in Houston. Yes, with only two and a half-ish weeks until kickoff. We've got a lot on deck on this new Tuesday edition of the show. Like we said on the last episode, new schedule, Tuesday mornings and Thursday nights. We're going to give you two episodes every single week, so stay subscribed on any podcast app and make sure you got those alerts on because we're going to be coming at you twice a week and more as needed, but definitely two times every single week. So here it is, our first Tuesday episode, and we have a lot to get into. We've got a good crisp interview with a Tampa Bay Vipers player you're going to learn about. We've got to recap this scrimmage we just watched and some really big news transaction-wise to get into in the XFL. The number to call if you ever want to leave a voicemail and be on the show is 724-565-4XFL. And of course, we are at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you ever want to reach us on social media. And we had a whole lot of fun with some shenanigans and chicanery and, and goofballing around TDECU Stadium on Sunday, Bryant. Nobody was looking, and uh, we basically took our phones and social media, and we went on the field and did whatever really the hell we wanted to do. Have you recuperated from that 25-second uh, play clock demonstration that we put on our Twitter? I'm fine there, but my arm is sore from throwing in that ball a lot of the Guardians practice on th- Friday. <laughs> Still a little sore. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We, we took over TDECU Stadium. Uh, we went all over the place, Alan. Really, we went backstage, backstage, back behind the scenes, up into the stands, uh, on the field, uh, give you a glimpse of what an XFL stadium, an official XFL stadium, would be uh, from the eyes of an, an official XFL podcast. Yeah, from uh, and fans really just <laughs> on a football field trying to figure out what do we do. We got the day here to do whatever. We didn't have a football though. I forgot mine at home. You forgot yours. Go Guardians! And somehow all the Roughnecks footballs were stashed away somewhere. So. We had fun, though. We ran outside, took some videos. If you missed any of them, check them out on our Twitter feed at XFL Show. Uh, we had some fun. I also walked you through the kickoff, the rules, and the and the setup and how everything will look. If you haven't visualized that yet, we tried to help fans walk through it. Uh, that was cool. And uh, we got to see an actual kickoff, a handful of them today in the scrimmage. But uh, definitely check our run through. You're going to be thoroughly prepared because we walked the entire way through uh, what, what it's going to be like 
when they actually kick the ball off this new kickoff setup. And of course, Vince would tell you he's not here. But if you really want to read all about the rules, you go to XFL.com slash rules. Who else do you think out there has it as their homepage? Because I know Vince does still. <laughs> he was he, he FaceTimed me the other day and I saw it in the background. Uh, I know some people out there do as well. I, I still bet, have the I paper bet Jim copy. Zorn does. Jim Zorn does. Yeah, for I sure. still have the paper copy in my backpack that I carry around with me every time uh, in case I have to reference them uh, at, at any point during the day. Because you never know when people ask you. Because, you know, wearing this XFL hat all the time, walking around with this uh, all-access pass out here in Houston, people are asking you all types of questions. You know, I think Rob Lowe saw you wearing that XFL hat, so he decided <laughs> to wear that silly, generic, generic, NFL. generic NFL hat. We, the XFL hat's where it's at, though. Uh, yeah, There's some so, great gear out here, by the way, that we haven't seen oh, in the man. shop. I can't wait till they put some of this yeah. stuff out there. There's some good stuff out yeah, here. Yeah, we got some first looks at some stuff that we're going to talk about, too. Some, uh, you know, some of it's on social media. Some of it was just in the stadium today. And uh, we'll talk about everything that we were able to put our eyeballs on and get involved with. But the, one of the coolest things we were involved with the entire weekend we were here for training camp you and I are both leaving before the, the other scrimmages tomorrow, but we uh, got to experience a whole lot. And I think the coolest was earlier today, uh, assisted on a, a league production that's going to be announced soon. We can't we can't say what it was, but we got to have a hand in it and, and help out with, with the preparation for what the, the league's going to be doing with that. And I got to say, it's something super cool is coming that I think fans are going to love. Well, I think the fans are going to love everything the league is doing when it comes to production and what they're putting into. I mean, we're out there, and, and this is work. This is all fun and games right now because we're podcasting, and we love podcasting. But there's a lot of serious uh, production uh, going into every single one of these games. And we were just a little piece, I think, Alan, yeah. of, of something. So I can't wait for the league to, to bring that up. But, but yes, I expect a lot of stuff from the league that, you know, maybe just – you wouldn't have expected yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, and and not to mention the big moves being made by the teams, the league and, and the staff in terms of the content, and they got some big plans. And then now the networks are involved. We saw ESPN people running around the stadium all day today. And yesterday. At doing their thing, getting set up, getting, getting ready, uh, doing their own dress rehearsals, as it were. We saw some of the graphics they're going to be using. Uh, it just looks awesome to see – you know that official ESPN logo and their lower thirds on a on a TV screen. It just looks really cool and you know like it's real and it is. I can't believe it. And we also did see the official XFL on ESPN logo. Oh, That's man. all out I there mean, too. If you can find it, uh, it's it's a lot of it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming to your TV Fox screen. Fox is here uh, tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday, the day this show drops. Uh, so so everybody is going through their their due diligence here to make sure mm-hmm. that this kickoff. Uh, goes out without a hitch. And the best part about it is it's all, you know, it, a lot of it is honestly trial and error. I'm sure they're going to try some things and maybe make tweaks or changes or scrap stuff. But the thing is, the, there there's a lot of attempts being made to really interact with fans, uh, give access to fans, do interesting, entertaining stuff on the field from the broadcast side and from the from the league itself and the website and xfl.com and youtube and social media and all that i mean we saw a lot of cool stuff that i've never seen on a college football broadcast or an nfl broadcast being attempted and tried during this scrimmage earlier today and, and not to mention they're on this field that we've been walking around now the past few days and it feels like an xfl field and stadium all they have to do is rip up the grass and put all that XFL grass on it now, and it's it's hundred percent. It's turf done. out there. It is turf. It's turf, not grass, but yeah, it will be uh, decked out because the stadium looks nice with all the the XFL markings out there, the Houston Roughnecks markings. Uh, the, we had the LED boards going. Uh, the game was up on the on the big board as well. So this is a feel of a game. Yeah. It was it was pretty intense, pretty exciting. 
Uh, I can't believe we're here. I mean, that's that's a thing, right? When we started this so many years ago, uh, I can say years, right? Or can I say decades? Um, no, can, it's years. It's a dec- how many? Our show has spanned two decades. It has. It really has. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, to to be on the field during these scrimmages is actually quite a quite a feeling that I know I, I can feel. Surreal. It's surreal. It, it is. really yeah. is. Yeah, because you've been talking about a league that really hasn't uh, existed for almost, well, over, now two years, ba- basically. Two decades. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> We're here now, and we saw the first a really official run through of a, it was like a real game feel. It was they were out here scrimmaging, and they had also the bells and whistles of what you will see in game day in terms of the you know the atmosphere of the Ball stadium. Spotters. There was a band. Go, we're gonna get into all this, Alan. There was later. a freaking band here. <laughs> well, They're still playing. You can probably hear them in the background. <laughs> We're going to go on until all the little different things that we did see yeah. and that the XFL did confirm on Twitter uh, a little bit in the cover too, Alan. But we got a lot lined up. Like you said, we have the uh, good crisp interview. We got some breaking news mm-hmm. to talk about that, that broke yeah. late Sunday night that we have to talk right here now. Yeah, yeah. Two. Big signings as well. Um, at XFL Show, we want to know your reaction to anything you're seeing on social media from us or, of course, if you, any of these moves that get made. Like Nick Fitzgerald getting signed by St. Louis. Uh, the quarterback played for Mississippi State. Big, tough quarterback. I mean, he. this is a guy who beat LSU. I was covering LSU, and, and Mississippi State was a tough out for them back then. And uh, Nick Fitzgerald is a guy that could move with his legs and throw the ball very far down the field. And he gets added to a locker room that we already had question marks about. They have multiple guys we could see starting in St. Louis at quarterback. And now they had Nick Fitzgerald, and Vince and I were texting right when we saw the move made. Like, the, Another one. I don't want to be Jonathan Hayes having to make that decision. We'll see. Uh, but he's a valuable player, I think. How many of those quarterbacks do you think he's going to hold on to? Uh, oh, I mean, that, now we're seeing, you know, some coaches think maybe I got too many. Maybe I could get something else in return, a different style of quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. Moves are going to be made because we've got cuts coming up. And then who knows what kind of shuffling around of the decks are, are going to happen. Already we are seeing that. It is trading season in the XFL, but Nick Fitzgerald signs with the St. Louis Battlehawks, and uh, I cannot wait to see him in their jersey. We're going to see a little bit of them here coming up shortly after the pot we record this podcast. The second uh, scrimmage of the day will start. We'll be able to watch a little bit of it before you and I both got to get on airplanes. But uh, it, it's been it's been uh, awesome. It's been awesome to be around town as these moves are being made because the gossip around league people and team people that we're interacting with saying, I can't believe, you know, this move was made by this team. And uh, that move, and yeah, I mean that move that we're going to talk about right now in this week's cover too. They would have zero impact. The Wildcats would play Wildcat style of football with a Wildcat mentality. Yeah, that move that was made. That move. Luis Perez of the LA Wildcats traded to the New York Guardians Four quarterback Chad Knoff, formerly a Princeton quarterback, brought on to the Guardians uh, mid-training camp, and now he is an L.A. Wildcat, and that is big news. Why? Because Luis Perez, the first assigned quarterback in the XFL to change teams, to get traded, and very, very, I, I, I won't say controversial, but unexpected. It was unexpected. But we did know that there was going to be some sort of battle in L.A., right, between Josh Johnson and Luis Perez when Josh Johnson got brought in late, uh, right before minicamp. So to see this transpire the way it did, I didn't think Luis Perez was not going to be a Wildcat. I thought the, that they would keep both. Uh, but it seems as though the the Wildcats were content with Josh Johnson's play, and, and they, they moved Luis Perez to hopefully give him a better opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, some of us, Vince, 
who last show was talking about how he's not sold on Matt McGloin, um, might think uh, maybe Perez can compete with Matt McGloin. It seems that by making this move, the Wildcats are saying that they're set on Josh Johnson as the quarterback and that Jalen McClendon has shown enough probably during training camp that, you know, they felt comfortable as him as the number two. So they make the trade to send Luis Perez away, and now he's going to be in the Guardians, and we'll see what kind of opportunity he gets there. Interesting move to be made, though, when it was an assigned quarterback. We've seen other QBs get shuffled around so far, but this was one of the first eight. I would say this is one of the bigger ones for sure. This is the first eight. Uh, right before the draft, Luis Perez was assigned to the LA Wildcats, and now he's not. He's going to be with the New York Guardians. The New York Guardians have two uh, assigned quarterbacks now on the roster. They and I believe the Battlehawks are the only teams that have the two assigned QBs because I believe Seattle released theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Chase Litton. Ch- Chase Litton. So uh, the picture's getting clearer in terms of the quarterback battle in L.A., but it got a little muddier in uh, in New York. Although I will say that McGloin's picture's still up on all the subways, so I'm betting on him starting week one. That also, I feel kind of bad for Luis Perez in that regard because he gets traded at the end of training camp, so... He doesn't really have any of camp to prove or compete for that starting job. So you got to assume week one, he will not be starting for the Guardians. It will be McGloin, and we'll see what happens through the course of the year. But he has two weeks to learn that Kevin Gilbride playbook. It's not a lot of time. I I, I do expect him to be on their roster come opening day. uh, But that's a good – I mean, if you think about that, I think that's a pretty good quarterback room. You have Marquise Williams there too. Don't forget about him. We saw him in practice over the weekend. Uh, he was dropping dimes, like I said. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a good quarterback battle, but you're right. It's probably going to be um, Matt McGloin, just for the simple fact that uh, Luis Perez doesn't have enough time to, to actually get into that system and know it uh, in and out. Yep, and uh, L.A. now, it, it's clearer. Whereas before we were th- talking last episode, I believe we were putting them in the category, at least most of us were, as you know, maybe up in the air, possibly uh, a competition still going on as camp's winding down. But... That's Josh Johnson's spot now. Jalen McClendon, though, we've heard has looked really good in practice as well. So uh, L.A., they're confident in their guys. When you make a move like that, that's what you're showing. If you're, It looks like Winston Moss, as the general manager, uh, making that move confident with the QBs he's got. I did see on social media, Alan, that some people weren't sold as on Luis Perez being a assigned quarterback. I love Luis Perez's play. When I saw him in the alliance, I thought he did a really good job. He was one of the hotter names that come out. He's gotten many invitations to training camps uh, in the NFL. So I, I like his skill set. I don't think this is so much a knock on Luis Perez as it is that the picture was just clearer in Josh Johnson. Yep, and uh, now we also have some other quarterback battles we have to put our more focus on now, and that's now in St. Louis. Who's going who's gonna to be the guy? Houston, my money's now on Phillip Walker, whereas if you asked me probably before training camp, I would have bet on Connor Cook, but – just seeing them kind of in action a little bit during a practice. Um, I, I don't know. I'll lean towards Philip Walker. But we'll have to wait and see. Depth charts and all that I'm sure will not be coming out until right before kickoff in a right. couple of weeks. So uh, we will keep everyone posted. We'll react. And, uh, well, cut oh, day is a couple days away too. I don't yeah. forget we're going to get a lot of a lot clearer of a picture on many of these teams. Uh, Friday is, I believe, what it is. But yeah. It will be this we're week. We're going to have to keep arguing, though, I think, even after the cut days on who's going to start. <laughs> Who do you want starting? And that's also going to probably happen throughout the season. But a big move made there. Luis Perez, again, traded to the New York Guardians for Chad Knoff, quarterback for quarterback in a New York and L.A. trade there. Uh, let's go to this second part of the cover, too, Bryant, where – 
we are going to talk about some of the cool things we got our eyeballs on. First looks at things like the referee uniforms, the hats, the red hat of the ball spotter, the pinstripes, and I don't know if it's the the, the unis that the, the refs are wearing or if they're all just that yoked. Because these were the most in-shape referees I've ever seen. The fast pace. You, you always talk about the linemen and everybody having to be uh, in shape and good cardio for, for the fast pace of this game. But the referees got to do too. Uh, anybody out there, if you're listening, that pinstripe XFL uh, dark navy hat, uh, wherever I can get that, please let me know. Because I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I just need to know where I can get it. Because that thing's pretty cool. I know, a guy, I know a guy, Bob. He might be able to help you. <laughs> he's, the, he's the man. He is the man. Um, good storyteller. We uh, we also got our eyes on uh, the alternate logos uh, on the scoreboards. At least for us, we saw. You know how we've seen these kind of on the website. You see them in between pages a little bit. The L.A. Wildcat Claw or uh, the New York NYG that came out on uh, New Year's. But during the game, where the scores were posted uh, while we were watching it, we saw some. You know, uh, the kind of alternate logo or the secondary logo for. For at least for DC and for Seattle, and I thought they were, that was pretty cool. That it's not just the regular old logo Stretched up on there. In. They've got <laughs> other they've got other uh, images and kind of logos to put up there, and that's I think exciting. You know, put that on a T-shirt, put it on a hat. I'll buy it, and I know fans will. That's a T-shirt right stuff. there. I'm exactly. Uh, it is pretty cool to see those alternate logos uh, up there and, and actually being used we always wonder what these logos would do like we saw the new york guardians we had a whole discussion about what we thought that logo was actually going to be and where they were going to use it uh, and now uh we see where they're using it so it's pretty cool the the xfl tweeted out a picture of those logos so you can go check that out on their twitter page at xfl 2020 yeah and you've you've seen these logos if you've glimpsed looked at the website closely because they have been on there for a while but now they're getting more use and that, I thought it was also I just the graphics on the on the boards all over during the scrimmage as they were you know testing out the game day atmosphere, you know seeing XFL all around the ring of the LED board, kind of an incredible for the love of football painted everywhere. We saw you know the 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 play clock and the and the the even the yard markers with with league logos yeah. on them. I mean I, I like the branding of it all and people asking us on Twitter. I know what about the field? What about the field? Trust me, when you watch these games, from what we've seen, you're going to know you're watching an XFL football yep, game. That is very true. I, I feel like it now, and it still has the University of Houston field on it now. But you're right, on the field uh, will we'll make you feel like you are watching something different than what you're used to. So I'm really excited about that. What about those jerseys, though? Can we go back to those referee jerseys? Because we didn't spend enough time on them. They're very different. <laughs> very different. Uh, they're not, not your typical stripes. They're not stripes. Yeah, they're not stripes. They're more like, I don't know, Flashes are like triangle, triangular, very like they're almost like tiger stripes. Yeah, that's true. Instead of like referee stripes, how because they don't go all the way across the body. You know, the bit, middle is just all what blue. I don't know. I'm colorblind. It's is like what, like what dark what, blue. The the shirt looks like the the referee jersey looks like if what would happen if Ed Hockley ripped open his yeah, jersey, okay. right? That's what yeah. about that's about what it is. Yeah. So I it was a different kind of ref, but the thing I like is that I was you know skeptical about it when I saw them in the lobby at our hotel because we ran, we were in the referee <laughs> hotel. But when we saw them on the field, I knew who the refs were. They weren't blended in with players, even though they're as big as them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you could tell they, they looked like the referees. The ball spotter was in a different getup, though. He was wearing a red hat. Yes, a red hat, very identifiable. So uh, you're going to know who the ball spotter is. His sole job, like they said, spot the ball. And he actually winds the play clock, which is actually something that we didn't talk about. Uh, that was pretty cool. Alan, there was a lot of stuff going on during this scrimmage. 
Uh, but I was most excited, honestly, for all the fan access that we were seeing happening mm-hmm. right in front of us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because exa- a lot of what they were doing today, who knows exactly how it will work on game day. But what we saw was, you know, there was access, and when I mean when I say access, I mean uh, interviews and people uh, in the crowd. They had, you know, they had fans here. So there were some fans here. Who were, there was a band and people who were, you know, basically right on the field. You could, you could. See, the players were yelling at people in the crowd. The players were yelling at each other. The the players were talking to the, the PR people on their teams, and it looks like they're going to be doing some interesting interviews and stuff like that. Uh, we saw a lot of, <laughs> I will say, a lot of, um, how do I put this, animosity maybe a little bit between these two teams. It's yeah. been a while. They've been, these guys wanted to play football. You can tell these guys have maybe, some of them had to wait a while to play in another football game. <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah and, and, and they were... They were intense. We talked about the intensity level a few episodes ago, and it was uh, to those standards, I would say, Alan, maybe even beyond those uh, when it came to the actual uh, scrimmage. Yeah, and as far as, like, the fan access, I'm going to tell you from what we were experiencing here as fans sitting, you know, during the game observing it all, it felt different being in the stadium. As a stadium viewer, uh, you were – there was less downtime. There was less time where you're rolling your eyes or looking for something to do. I barely looked at my phone during this, and I feel like that's because of all the action that's going on uh, during during the scrimmage and even in between plays of the scrimmage. And you'll you'll see what what goes down whenever we kick off on Feb in February. But man, that was interesting to see a lot of things uh, going on, a lot of moving parts during this game. But it all came together, and it was a successful scrimmage for the Dragons, and for the Defenders. And we will get into everything we observed on the field uh, during that scrimmage in a little bit. We got to take it to back to our hotel where we were at because we were in the Referee Hotel. We were also in the Tampa Bay Vipers Hotel. We were all all those uh, players and personnel were in our hotel. We'd run into them. And uh, credit to uh, everybody at the Vipers, super helpful because we ran into them in the lobby and said, hey, we got the podcast here. We got the setup. If you guys want to have anyone on the show, we'd love to have them. And uh, thankfully, they gave us not only any player, but I think one of the best talkers we've had on the show, Jordan McRae, the center for the Tampa Bay Vipers, played at UCF, is used to fast-paced football, and is is, uh, a hell of a player. And he joined us for a really, really solid conversation, had a a lot of intelligent things to say about his time at training camp and the team uh, building Uh, portion of the season the preseason at least and uh, it was uh, really cool to sit down in that lobby with him and uh, and get to know what it was like because man it's it is a true camp you know NFL players when they go to camp they're rolling up in fancy helicopters sometimes and they're it's barely that kind of atmosphere you know it's still luxury life living these guys were down in the thick of it with each other, learning about each other, and also coming together as a team. And we learned that from Jordan McRae. We did. And my favorite part is how he gets into the fact that it's time to hit some people. He, he, he loves his teammates. It's been fun playing with them. But now it's time to get on uh, the field and hit some other people. So we're going to get into that. Uh, thank you again to, to Jordan McRae here. Uh, but you're going to like this interview. You're right, Alan. He's one of the best talkers we've had. Absolutely. And here it is. Let's take you to it. We've had a lot of conversations with players this week, and this might be one of the best. It's Jordan McRae, center for the Tampa Bay Vipers, in this week's Good Crisp interview. Training camp winding down, mm-hmm. and you guys have been here in Houston a while. How was the experience overall, and how pumped are you for, for the early February and kickoff? Oh, man, it's been a great experience the whole time that we've been here. Um, 
the facilities that we've been able to use, Humble Hyde, the hotel that we're staying at, has been really accommodable for all of us that's been here. And it's just been fun to just get back into football and uh, be around some guys, really good players and, and uh, just start to jail as a team. And we're all really excited for February 9th. Yeah, we've, we've met up with some other teams and talked about them, the team building, the coming together as one, you know, collective, getting to know a lot of guys you never met before. How was that whole process? You met a lot of guys, but I'm sure bonded over the game a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's, been, it's been a whole lot of fun, not just with this team, but we've, uh, we've seen three teams since we've been here. Pratt has worked with them, New York, Houston, and Seattle, and um, it's just really, really cool to be around a whole bunch of guys that really love football. Like, everybody here for the love of the game, and they just – love playing and it's 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 fun to be around football when everybody's enjoying it because that's when you get the best out of it well, you talk about february 9th but here coming up in a couple of days you got a, a scrimmage a yeah. full-on scrimmage mm -hmm. how does it feel to get your hand you're gonna get your hands on some of these other players now right yeah man it, that's that's the exciting part too because uh i mean i love all the guys on tampa man but i'm i'm, I'm ready to hit somebody else <laughs> at this point you know i'm ready to hit somebody else so it's gonna be a whole lot of fun on tuesday how's coach uh how's coach trespin been kind of instilling this mentality of you know we, we want we've had him on the show he's, mm -hmm. he's he said how he's gonna work every single aspect of this team how's he been working the offensive line uh he's been doing a great job i think coach has been doing a great job along with all the other coaches and um just making sure that we're, we're everybody wants to be physical but we want to be a, a very very smart team as well so the way we practice um how we practice against other teams and making sure that everybody stays healthy but make sure that we get a lot done with every rep that we have. So it's, it's been really good so far. And I'm sure you guys had to earn some reps because Tr Coach Tressman told us before camp started that it was going to be a true competition mm -hmm. for the Vipers. How was the atmosphere amongst your teammates, everybody trying to earn their spot, a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder in the league? And uh, you would think in, a, in an environment like that that it would be hostile, but, man, everybody's been so great about it because, you know, um, everyone knows that competition is going to bring the best out of you, and I feel like that's done with every, every single position group here. Um, especially with the offensive line, because that's what I can speak of since mm -hmm. I've been in the room the most. It's been a whole bunch of really good players trying to get out there and make this football team. Yeah, let's talk position group, though. Let's go all line, man, because it's it's really interesting. The, the play clock is going to affect you guys in a different way compared mm -hmm. to some of the other players. You're going to have to have great cardio. You're going to have to be fast. But coming from UCF, I'm sure you're used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys never huddle. So <laughs> how, how, are you, how are you looking forward to that, the play clock? Um, yeah, I know we're going to have to move a lot faster. So the offensive line, even though we're big, we're going to have to move fast too maybe a little tired but uh, I think it's something that we can uh, adjust to we've been adjusting to it in camp so come uh, February when we actually have to do that it's not in a practice environment but a game environment I think we'll be more than ready for it well I know you're gonna do a lot better than my friend Alan here we tried to simulate it today at the stadium he <laughs> wasn't doing too well he was playing guard and I had to... like four seconds to spare <laughs> uh, what about the headset communications because as the offensive line you're you really don't have that right mm -hmm. everybody else is going to have coaches in their ear right are, are you relying more on your quarterback or the sideline how are you going to, to be ready for the next play um I think mostly we're just going to rely on the quarterback you know the coaches are going to talk to the the skill guys and then they'll relay the messages to us that's how we've been doing it in, in practice so that's how it'll be in the game and things have been going smooth so i don't i don't see it being a problem you don't feel left out that all those other you know guys what? I, I feel i feel a little bit better about it because i i i don't i don't kind of want to hear nobody talking <laughs> yelling head. in your ear while you're playing yeah i'd rather i'd rather i don't want to oh jordan you missed this block you know what? i just want to go to the next play so <laughs> yeah you want you want to be able to talk to your opponent i know i mean i played offensive line in high school and that's a, you know, a lot of chatter between your, you and your opponent so how so far with the joint practices and the competition level and the the physicality of it all and everybody mm -hmm. just you know wanted to everybody's trying to make a living playing football and right. a lot of guys have something to prove in the xfl how was it getting those joint practices and what do you expect 
come February. Uh, it was it was a whole lot of fun. It was it was a, it was a couple a lot of tra- I was it was a lot of trash talking yeah. too. But uh, <laughs> that's just a part of the game, and um, I mean I enjoy it. You know, John back with the guys. You know, saying what you're gonna do, actually doing it, and then seeing what they have to say about it. It's just, it's it's all a part of the game. So I I loved it. Every joint practice we had, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, the journey to get here, right? We're, we're, we're right around the corner. A few weeks away from kickoff, you're going to be in MetLife Stadium. I mean, mm-hmm. that, just to say those words, MetLife Stadium, this is big-time football. I think fans can expect the real deal, right, with the XFL. This is this is going to be great. Football. Yeah, this is good. it's going to be really great football and because um, we just have great everything from top to bottom, great coaches, great, uh, great facilities that we're working in, a whole bunch of great players, a lot of guys that have played on Sundays before and for what – one reason or another isn't there yet or didn't get a chance to get back. So it's going to be a lot of talented players on the field, and it's going to make for a really good product, I think. I think so, too. And you guys have been down here in Houston. It's a real professional atmosphere. Like mm-hmm. you said, the facilities and everything going into it, everybody feels comfortable and prepared going into it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you now know your teammates, and you guys are all ready for the season to kick off. Talk about some of your teammates. Which guys are you getting along with the most? How are you enjoying your quarterbacks? You're playing center. You got Aaron. You got Taylor. What's up with the teammates? What are you guys – What's what's the real bond like for the Vipers? It's it's a lot of funny guys on our team, and I feel like that brings us a lot closer. Um, the tight end group has a funny group. Uh, Collins a really funny tight end. Um, all the quarterbacks have their different personalities, and that's that's you know fun to get along with as well. And then the offensive line, we have a we have a real tight group already, just being together in OTAs and stuff like that, and then coming here in camp, always being around each other and. It's, a, it's been a whole lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. And it's got to be pr- pretty cool for you and some of your fellow linemen from Florida getting to play in mm-hmm. Tampa. It's got to be pretty special. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, a lot of these guys I've played with before or from Miami or just, just from around the way. Like, football is such a small world once you get to this level. So a lot of those guys I have a familiarity with. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been really cool to gel with them again. Well, like, like I said, your season's kicking off in New York. I think week three you're going to be in Tampa. What can fans expect from the Vipers? What is Vipers football? Um, fast, ferocious, a whole bunch of guys that love playing ball, so they're, they're going to love watching us play. And uh, a very smart team, very smart and disciplined team. That's what they're, that's what they're going to see. That's a Mark Trestman football team. I'm expecting <laughs> it. I'm hyped to see the Vipers take the field, Jordan. Thanks so much. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I kind of threw it out there, Brian, to try to get him to maybe say which quarterback he preferred <laughs> he tried. having his hand underneath him, Taylor Cornelius or, or Aaron Murray. But, you know, I, I didn't want to go that deep into it. You want don't want to reveal too much, but I think they got two good quarterbacks in Tampa Bay nonetheless. But Jordan McRae and that offensive line, they're going to be pretty good. And if that Mark Trestman offense does what a Mark Trestman offense can can do, Jordan McRae is going to be a very big part of it. Thank you to the staff down in Tampa for for getting us the access that we did. Uh, we also got introduced to Coach Tressman. Don't forget that, that was pretty cool. Uh, a kind, very tall man, uh, but friend of the show, listens to the show. Very excited, loves our passion, uh, uh, Coach Tressman. Uh, but but the whole Tampa Bay uh, organization, I feel like they're they're well off, Alan, in terms of what they have in terms of skill level, position, and character. Uh, the, Jordan McRae was was an example of all three of those. So I'm, I'm really excited to see them take the field. Unfortunately, we're not going to be here for their scrimmage. Yeah, uh, but I am excited because they are visiting uh, the Wildcats I believe week six yeah so we were able to get a taste of every single team or we are about to get our last taste of the two teams we haven't really interacted with that's the Renegades and St. Louis Uh, but we were at a Roughnecks practice and two practices for the Roughnecks we were at a Wildcats practice we had dinner with the Wildcats (laughs) we you know hung out at the hotel with the Vipers and got to know people on that team and then for the Guardians, we went to their practice. That was our first place we went to. So uh, we, you know, dipped our toe, and then we saw the Defenders and Dragons today. 
dipped our toe into each team's waters, as it were, and uh, got to experience all of them. And I can say not one team is like the other in this league. They all do things a little bit differently in their own way. Which way is going to be the best way? We're going to find out starting on February 8th. And if I had a prediction right now, I don't know. I have no idea. I also got to see what Dallas and, and St. Louis are about to do in this scrimmage that's going to start. But I have to say there, imp- there is something that actually legitimately impressed me from each and every single one of these teams. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of team speed, I think, uh, in the back end for the Guardians we've already talked about. And then today, oh, man, we got some things to talk about from that scrimmage we watched today. Well, let's get to it, Alan, because I'm really – because I've been holding it in for this long. I want to get to that scrimmage. All right, yes. The Dragons and the Defenders just finished up, and we're going to tell you everything we witnessed here in this scrimmage in this week's Hot Read. Top of the list, Cardell Jones' arm still there. Can still (laughs) throw the ball 70 yards down the field like nothing. And uh, we saw a lot of impressive individual performances and plays made in this scrimmage. Let's talk about it. Seattle and D.C. Bryant. I mean, starting off, the entrances, they came out. This was not a packed house because it was a controlled environment. This was just a scrimmage, basically a practice. But it... It had the we did the entrances we did this thing like it was a game national anthem and it was wild it felt real it felt legit and the players were as hyped as I think they're going to be on February eighth they're going to be actually they're going to be more hyped on February eighth when these two teams go out but that's hard to imagine because they came out pretty ready and excited pretty ready pretty excited it was it was. It was pretty cool. The atmosphere, even though there wasn't too much on the terms of the fans, everything else seemed totally legit. Totally, these players real. weren't playing like it was a mm-hmm. like it was just a scrimmage. It felt like a real game to all of them. There could they have been were, thirty thousand people in the stands. They would have played the same, maybe even more intense. But they were in their gear. Yeah. They were ready to go, and we saw that. We saw you know Cardell Jones going out there making smart decisions, throwing the ball deep. We saw. Players, you know, get a little physical. Maybe a little too physical with each other at times. But you know what? It was football, and that was fun to see. It wasn't patty cake out there. It was not. Uh, going into the to the game to start the game, it was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. A little weird not to see a coin toss happen, but that was all taken care of before the game. Uh, but everything leading up to it felt just the same as if you were watching any other football game. Uh, but like I said, the, intense level, the intensity level of these players, you wouldn't have thought it was a scrimmage. Yeah, some notes I took, at least if you want to know about the players. I mean, I saw big plays from Jaquan Gardner of the Seattle Dragons, who just had the jukies on, uh, putting them all over the D.C. defenders. And then Kyrie Cannell, the safety out of Michigan for D.C., made a huge play for the defenders. And then Jordan Westerkamp, uh, I think... May- had one of the first uh, scores of the game and i mean tough a tough score he earned it on that touchdown yes, catch uh but you know that there were there was great individual plays i would call it good crisp football what we saw brian uh, no joke we saw not a lot of flags either you know i thought maybe Very the punt or the kickoff we might see some because the players might be confused because they are new rules not at all they were out there and they played within the you know the new rules they executed it well. The kickoffs, the punts were all clean. Uh, there might have been, I think there was one flag on a punt that was a block in the back, maybe. Um, but there was nothing else going on that you normally see. I mean, if you, you watch other football and you'll see those plays, I would say majority of the time there are flags. Not in this game, and we watched a full game out there. Uh, you were keen on, you know, observing the ball spotter though, well, different the entire things. time. Well, the, the different things is what I really wanted to look at. The things that we've been talking about on the show for so long, the thing that I've criticized the most is the ball spotter. When I heard about this uh, a year ago, 
I said, I don't know how necessary this this uh, position, this job is. And it seems very necessary to have the ball spotter out there uh, doing a job. I, I was a little critical at first, but I think they're getting, they're getting the hang, hang of it. Uh, it is interesting to see somebody else out there spotting the ball, being in charge of that winding a clock that is not wearing a white hat. Uh, so... What do you think of the ball spotter? It, it seemed like it was doing the job pretty well. I thought the ball spotter was tremendous, and I was also thinking of it in terms of the other referees didn't have to worry about any of that. I mean, they they would assist, you know, if they if they were closer to the ball, they would flip it over to him. But that was the only person focused on just making sure the ball is put where it needs to be, while the other referees could focus on helping players looking if they're lined up right and making sure they get the calls right and making sure, you know, the physicality gets broken up quickly. They don't have to worry about anything else. So the game moved quicker because everybody didn't have to run all over the field like a chicken with their head cut off because you had that dedicated ball spotter. I thought that was huge. It made the game move along smoothly, and I could tell watching it. Now, the winding of the clock and, and exactly the timing of the, of the clock, how that all goes in real life, might be different from what we saw because we did you know we saw the ball spotter and it felt like you were trying to count Mississippis. I don't know how accurate your Mississippis were <laughs> being critical of the ball spotter, but I thought it was uh, very different. You could tell the play clock was quicker and it was pushing the pace of the game and that's what you wanted and I thought it was tremendous to see. I also thought it was amazing to see the comeback period which I've kind of had in the back of my mind but didn't really anticipate loving this much. But we hit those comeback periods, and oh my goodness, that is makes things so different and more exciting. D.C. in the first half in the comeback period came and scored two scores. I mean, in a nor in, a, in no there was comeback, three different possessions in no the comeback, comeback period. You don't do that. That was great. Yeah, three different possessions. Two by well, I guess two four if you count the the catch. Uh, the, the 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 kickoff return from from Seattle. Uh, he had four uh, possessions in a two minute war- after the two minute warning. So uh, the comeback period is, is something to watch. It's something to be excited for. Ain't nobody going to the bathroom Mm-mm. to beat the halftime crowds anymore during the two minute warning of either half, uh, because a lot of things can happen in a short amount of time. I held it the whole time. I could I couldn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's impossible. The comeback period makes that impossible, and it was really great. I mean that was. I think, I think head and shoulders my favorite part of what we saw today in the, in the scrimmage in terms of the new rules and tweaks. We got to see the overtime, though. I love the overtime. I loved it. I love the overtime. Uh, maybe because it was a scrimmage, so the stakes maybe weren't as high. But we got to see the overtime uh, you know, played out, and that was really cool to see, the running back and forth. Uh, that, that also was interesting to see. You're on, then you're off. You're on, then you're off. You see that kind of in college, but at least there's a bunch of plays in between. This is one play, you got to run off, and your defense comes yep. out. That was different. You were you were thrown off by that. I was a little. It was a little weary. I felt bad for the for the players having yeah. to jog on and off to the sidelines every play. You got to have your mind in it. There's no <laughs> just running to the sideline and sitting down and lounging and having a Gatorade. If it's overtime, everybody's on the edge of the sideline. I think, that was I, saw, the best. I think I saw some of the linemen lining, uh, going off to the sideline but staying around the five. They didn't want to go all the way to the 30 <laughs> where you're supposed to go just to save a little bit of the energy. Uh, it is a little different. I did like the overtime. Uh, very interesting how these coaches, uh, what kind of plays they're going to run, right? Because think of this as a fourth, fourth and fifth, five yards to go. Uh, do you run the ball? Do you pass it? Do you run an option play? Uh, what do you do on four, fourth and fifth that you can possibly do five times in overtime? Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see the the play calling in OT. You're right, and I think that's also I I think today was a little 
you know, they just kind of went out and played kind of back, backyard sure. backyard football when it came to the OT. Just drew it up real quick. It wasn't anything elaborate in terms of what we saw from each team because they wanted to go out there and be it's a scrimmage. You're a little vanilla, but I thought also it was it was physical. But, you know, it wasn't like everybody got out of this thing pretty much unscathed, and that was good. Uh, you know, we saw uh, some players run off a little slower than when they got on, but that's how you know you're playing, and that was good to see. Um, I also thought that um, the in terms of uh, the new stuff, uh, the kickoff in terms of the uh, average starting field position, I don't know yet. I'm going to say because of the physicality. The refs, I think, were blowing the whistle a little quicker today than they would in a – in a regular game, so I think maybe not the forty-yard line average, <laughs> in between the thirty and the forty. Well, I think I think something that we've kind of seen, at least that we can we can say for sure on the kickoff, is not that so much the XFL wanted kickoff returns; they just wanted the kickoff returned. If that makes to be sense, a play. right? Yeah. Yes. So. I don't think this rule is in place to make the the kickoff returner go 40, 50 yards every single time, but I think it's made to where to give you the opportunity, the to. opportunity to that has been you know basically removed from the game of football, and, and to continue with that same average starting uh, field position and to remove the high impact hitting. And I think they accomplished those two th- two things uh, with this kickoff. And, and and but you're you're watching it. It's not a dead play anymore. You're not, you know, checking your phone after a score. You're waiting for the kickoff. That's what I said. Every time somebody scored, I was ready for the kickoff. I won. I was like, all right, kickoff time, yeah. baby. So I, I like the kickoff. I think maybe our hopes were a little too high in terms of all the returns, but at least we're going to see returns. And I think that's that's the important part. Yeah, there's going to be way fewer to no touchbacks. Uh, you'll get maybe a touchback. I don't know why you would want one, but we did say see a penalty on a touchdown. We did see that, so... When a penalty's on a touchdown, you're going to have the penalty enforced on the kickoff, which is interesting because it makes the touchback easier, but you don't really want the touchback if you're the kicker. So what do you do? That's it. That's another thing. You kick it higher. We, but in this instance, I think we saw a touchback. We did see a so, touchback. So yeah, yeah, different things. We're all just trying to take it. I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of things that the XFL has probably thought of, just hasn't seen in action. So uh, we're still a few weeks. How many weeks out? Two and a half ish weeks. <laughs> uh, still, the XFL is going to be making tweaks. I, I doubt everything's 100% finalized with the, with the entire league. There's still enough time to make some some mi- minor changes. Obviously, they're not going to bring in a new team or anything like that. But uh, there are going to be some tweaks here and there. Production, you know, we, we we this is their first run through full through a full production. ESPN might come back and say, you know, this this and this and this. We need to work on this. Uh, so this is the XFL's opportunity. So a lot of different things we noticed during that scrimmage that uh, we didn't expect to see that we did get to see. Oh, and the other thing that we have to uh, report on from what we saw was what we didn't see: double forward pass. Yeah, <laughs> did not see, see double one. forward passes. Uh, those are going to be held uh, in the holster until until necessary. It would be insane if you would do that in a scrimmage. Why would you give? The only that way up? I would do one is do one completely horribly wrong <laughs> On to, to throw people to throw people off a little bit. <laughs> uh, but we, no, we didn't see that, Alan. We did see most of the other rules put in place really well. Like I said, the 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 the, the, the tempo of the game, uh, the punting, the kicking. Uh, we saw some field goals, which looked normal. Uh, no, nothing really different there. Uh, so it was great football. You know, these teams are hashing out all their their final tweaks before they before cut day before they finish their mm-hmm. before they finish the depth charts. And so, 
I'm really excited for this next one to start because we haven't seen much of St. Louis and Dallas. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. We're going to have to report back on that on a mini-sode because you're going to get a lot of those too, even with this new schedule. Because you remember, Tuesdays and Thursdays now, mm-hmm. uh, not just Sundays, a lot of information is happening here and there. Yeah, I think actually for the for this game that we're about to watch, we're not going to even see all of it. But we'll, we'll report back on what we see from the Battle Hawks and the Renegades on the next episode on Thursday night for sure, uh, especially when it comes to the quarterbacks for for the Renegades. I, or, me, excuse me, for the Battlehawks. Got so many of them now that I want to watch. I'm excited for that. Will Nick Fitzgerald be on the field here? We'll see for the Battlehawks. He has joined the team. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. We're watching football now. We're not just talking about concepts or ideas. This is football in action. It's happening in front of us. And it is surreal, like we said earlier, and it's so fun to be at the stadium as this is all going down. And then it's going to be real and live and for real with stakes in just two and a half weeks. Ish. Uh, Alan, I will say one last thing. It's been great out here in Houston. I've had a lot of fun. I can't thank all the people that we've met, that we've worked with, that have brought us out here to, to, to work together as one team, as an official XFL podcast. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to be sad to go. I miss home. I'm not going to lie. But uh, it is going to be sad to go uh, to see all this work in progress. So it's been really special. Yeah. I mean, we got to go. We got get to go home. Uh, we get to reassess and then focus on February 8th. And then we're back. We're back at it. I'm going to be in D.C. watching the teams we just saw go at it. Live and for real, they've uh, developed, I think, a little uh, taste of each other, and I think they want the real thing come February 8th. I think that's going to be that's gonna be an interesting one from what we saw, the Dragons and the Defenders. They're going to go at it a little bit in that one. From what we saw, the little bit of physicality, you could tell some of those players had the look in their eye. Oh, just you wait till February 8th. Well, you're waiting till February 8th. Uh, any L.A. fans out there, I'm going to be at the L.A. Wildcat block party this Saturday, so make sure you check us out there. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun there. Get to know some players, some coaches. Uh, that's going to be at Dignity Health uh, Sports Park. I believe it's at noon. Uh, you have to go to their Twitter to check that out, at XFL Wildcats on Twitter uh, and Instagram. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Alan, and we're so close to kickoff. Now I just want to get here. Ever. Closer than ever, yes, I will say that. Uh, but... With, with what we're seeing, it feels closer than ever. It feels like it's basically, it's practically here, but not quite yet. We got some more, more stuff to do in the meantime, like talk about what we see today on this coming Thursday show, talk about the latest transactions, and also answer any of your questions. Hit us up at XFL Show or call in 724-565-4XFL. Give us a question and we'll get to it on the next episode, which will come out late Thursday night. Remember, Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights, you'll get episodes from us each and every single week from now on. And uh, we're looking forward to this new schedule that's going to make the season, I think, feel thoroughly covered and uh, even more fun. And don't forget, go to footballadvisorynetwork.com if you really want to get your fill and and conversation going with other XFL fans. Uh, That is the place to to fan out for sure. The footballadvisorynetwork.com, where you've got surveys and, and, and bulletin boards and all sorts of stuff to do there as fans and uh, really a place where the league's actually looking and listening to what fans are saying always uh, so definitely check it out i'm there on there each and every single day having fun and uh, looking at stuff and reacting and talking with fellow fans so go to footballadvisorynetwork.com check us out on xfl.com uh, and we're not far from most of your uh, home pages which i'm sure is xfl.com slash rules 
And of course, keep an eye on that transaction page because that's probably going to be blowing up pretty soon too. Anytime it seems like anything could happen here in the XFL. Uh, Alan, don't forget, the XFL's official YouTube channel too. You can check us out there. Uh, remember to tell your friends about us. Subscribe to our podcast here on any uh, podcast gimmick. Yeah, uh, here's, also- a, here's a little, just like, let's run through a scenario like they ran through a game scenario today. This is the scenario you and your friends okay gentle listener uh, are talking about football and they say yeah what is the xfl this is this is how you answer that yeah what is the xfl brian what is that thing what should i do to learn more about it uh you just hit that subscribe button on this is the xfl show on any podcast gimmick and they'll get you caught up right away oh really it's any podcast app i could do that any on? podcast you got android google i have apple, apple spotify should i leave a review too <laughs> you could leave five a review star? five star if, right. if we deserve it uh, and if you have any questions always reach out to us at xfl show on instagram uh facebook and twitter that's how you do it all right until thursday's show thanks for listening everybody for bryant i'm alan from tdecu stadium this is the xfl show remember they're listening